Welcome to another exciting message from Journey Church, meeting weekly in Northwest Calgary. At Journey Church, we're encountering God and embracing people. Church, how's it going? It, it's sunny. There's no snow in the forecast. I'm really excited about this. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name's Calvin. For those of you who weren't sure this morning, my name's Calvin. And uh, if, you, if you're new to the church in the last year, you haven't seen this face. It's been covered. And uh, I just thought it was time to remember what I looked like and uh, shaved yesterday. Um, man, I'm just so excited to be home today and, and home indeed. We've been at uh, camp, Sunnyside Camp in Sylvan Lake, just serving the junior highs of our churches. And God's been doing some incredible things on uh, Wednesday night. Even some of the students that attend this church that are currently downstairs in class or serving, um, we're praying for the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for their lives. Asking, as we've been asking as a congregation, that God in whatever way he would see fit would give us the gifts that we need to, one, understand him, to encourage ourselves in him, but most importantly, to be effective witnesses to the world that they're called to. And I got to witness junior highs just worshiping, praying, weeping, being healed. There was a young man at the camp, I think his name was David, um, and he was probably 11 or 12, and he just believed that God had given them the ability to heal this week. And, and some of you might be like, okay, sure, Superman, whatever, I don't really know, I don't really feel that, I don't understand that. But this young man was hearing about the possibilities of what a life could look like if he was encountered by God, chose to encounter God, and, and to share that with those that were around him. And we actually had students who were headed to the hospitals, like getting injured, because what is camp without injuries? And they would come back in slings. And there was one girl who had tendons torn in her knee. And there were other kids who had other things. And this kid had enough faith to begin to pray for them. Well, that young girl walked home. And more than that, she actually got to run and participate in the games for the rest of the week. There was the boy with the dislocated shoulder. He's no longer in a sling. He's actually been able to participate in games. And it's amazing to see God move in powerful ways. When people decide to posture themselves in a way where they can be used in a way that maybe they're not familiar with. But what I also do love is that God wants to communicate to us in ways that we are familiar with. That may not seem spiritual. That may not seem like very um, Holy Spirit led. Or may not feel uh, otherworldly. It might be something as simple as through sports or through music and art or just through understanding the organizations that we participate in on a daily basis in our employment. And um, I just believe that God still speaks, that he still moves. And today we're going to take a look at Psalm 25, which is becoming quickly one of my favorite psalms. 
mostly because I've had to study it to preach. And uh, <laughs> I'm becoming informed um, as to how God speaks. But, but for me, this one really jumped out at me because uh, it is different than some of the other psalms. And we're going to get into that. But before we do, I'd love to just pray. I know that we pray often, we sing often, we focus. But I'm actually going to pray this thing, that God today would reveal to you the very specific things that you already carry that he wants to use as a vehicle that his Holy Spirit could empower you in so that you can have an effective week. Can we pray for that? You guys okay with believing for that this morning? Father, I love you, and I thank you. And this week, I, with my own eyes, witness that you still do speak and that you still do miracles. To those who position themselves um, in front of you in such a way that is humble, and teachable. And Lord, I pray today as we take a look at your word and we consider who we are and who we're becoming, that you would help us understand that we are right where we are and so are you. So we love you. We thank you. Holy Spirit, please illuminate these words to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalm 25 with me. And uh, sometimes it's appropriate to um, take little bits and pieces of a scripture, um, but Psalm 25 was actually written as a complete work of art. It, they're not just disjointed thoughts. They're not uh, things that have been given in mental ascent. It's actually, and we lose it in our translation with English, but it's actually an acrostic poem. And David writes this psalm in his leisure, and he starts from the very first uh, letter in the alphabet, in their alphabet, right to the very last one. He only skips one. Um, just for the sake of flow, and uh, it's quite interesting, so I want to read it in its entirety and then begin to unpack, just so that we really see from start to finish what David was trying to convey about who he believed God was and who he believed God was calling them to be. Can we do that together? If you have your Bibles, please join along with me. Josh, are we able to get that up there? Awesome. To you, Lord, O oh Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O oh my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame. Those who are treacherous, 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 without excuse. Show me your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth. Everyone say amen. <laughs> and my rebellious ways, according to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right, and he teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is a man? Is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish, 
Look upon my affliction and distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased. See and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. Redeem, O Israel, O God, from all their troubles. David finds himself writing out of the overflow of his understanding of who God is this beautiful poem. A lot of the Psalms uh, come from different places. Uh, sometimes they're motivated out of stress. David is in a cave. He's on the run for his life. David has made a decision that has impacted his family. Sometimes it's in the joyful moments as he is instilled as king or as he is enjoying the growth and health of family. Whatever it may be, it, oftentimes we can pinpoint exactly where David is and exactly why he is writing it. But what I love and I find so fascinating about this text is that it is completely like hingeless. It is not connected to anything. Nothing has motivated him, other, motivated him other than the fact that he's in love with a God that he has history with. He pulls on through the Psalms people who have gone before him. He would take some of what Moses said and he would take some of what the other writers were saying about this God and what he was doing was informing himself of what scripture said God was and in that it would motivate him out of or into a season of the next thing. You ever had that moment where you weren't sure that God could provide? But because you read that he could and because you heard it through a microphone, faith was added to your life and you began to pray that God, I believe you can provide for me, or, or healing, like you didn't really know that God could heal, but then you had heard about it, or you had witnessed it, and that informed you of how to begin to pray for your own life and for the people around you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You didn't know that God was good until you were informed that he was. This is not a psalm that is written that way. This is a psalm that is saying, I know who I am. I know where I am. And based off of what I know God is and where he wants me to be, I'm going to boldly declare over my own life who I am, where I am, who he is, and where he wants me to be. It's a poem. We know that David was a, a writer. We know that he was a worship leader. We, we can see from his youth through scripture that he was able to uniquely endure certain seasons of his life. And the Bible says that he would encourage himself in the Lord. He didn't have a pastor to run to. There was no podcast. He didn't have a Bible in his pocket. All he knew how to do was take the things that he was familiar with in his songwriting and encourage himself in the Lord. And my question today for us is, how do we do that today? Beyond preaching, beyond podcasts, beyond the worship songs that we love to drive to, how are we, how are you, how am I encouraging myself in the Lord based off of who I know I am, where I want to be, and who I know that God is and his desire for me? David writes this in, in his leisure, and what he does is he does a deep dive into poetry, and he says, I just want to have a different kind of conversation with God. I know how to sing the worship songs. I know how to do the devotions, but today what I want to do is I'm going to start with the first letter of the alphabet. I'm going to start with A, and he begins in an acrostic poem. How many of you remember acrostic poems? Anybody? How many of you have no idea what, that, what I'm talking about? 
All right. So it'd be like, oh, man, I can't do it. I can't. Should I do it? Should I do it? No, I won't do it. But let's say, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. It's too embarrassing. It's all right. It'd be like um, if we started with the, we, want, we wanted to, like, write a poem to mom. I remember doing this when, when I was a kid in, like, kindergarten. I, and I have a pretty good memory for some things, and for other things, I have zero memory. But for some reason, I can remember learning about acrostic poems. And you would start with, like, we're going to write a poem to mom today, right? And, and you're like, yay! And then you get your uh, uh, noodle shells and seashells and glitter, and you start gluing everything. And then you write with big M, and you're like, my mom is amazing. And that's line one. And then O. Only she makes the best spaghetti in the world. And then that's line two. And then the third line, you put M. And my mom is amazing. And then, and then you, like, sprinkle more glitter on it, fold it up, like, crumple it up. It's, like, falling apart. And then it's, it's mostly the white Elmer's glue that didn't really dry clear. And then you give it to her, and she's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and she loves it because you did it, but it's nothing worth keeping. And then it goes in the top drawer for a little while, and then it disappears. Right, and so think of like what your name would be, and, and write yourself a poem after church today. And it's like Calvin is bald, and loves chicken and waffles. Very many people miss his beard. Instead, nothing. No, I don't know. Like I just I can't. I used to rap. I used to be a rapper. I'm not anymore. But God wants to communicate to us through us. To us. There are things that we carry on a daily basis. There are things that we do that we are incredibly familiar with that if we use those things to inform us or give us space or give us pause, a metric, a scope to look through, that God can actually speak the depths of who he is and inform us of where he would like us to be. It's not going to be a, a massive word from heaven. It's not as random as we think it might or should be. No one's going to walk up to us on a bus. Like, some of the ideas that we think of how God wants to speak to us tend to be very lofty. Right? We'll, we'll sit in a sermon or a podcast and say, I just didn't get anything. And, and sometimes you just have to kind of take a look at what am I passionate about? And how can that passion inform me of who God is? For David, it was poems and songs. For me, I remember when I first got saved, uh, I didn't know how to pray. And when I tried, like, my dad was a, a, a man of, he is, he's still here. He's a man of faith. And, and I remember every Friday he would fast uh, while he made us breakfast and lunch and dinner. And um, I remember waking up late for the midnight snacks. And he'd be in the living room crying his eyes out. And I'm like, oh, no, what did mom do now? <laughs> I know you say, oh, but I was like, I was wondering, what happened? <laughs> I never thought to be like, what did he do? But, you know. And he would have his hands buried in his face. And, and I'm literally saying, like, he would come up from his prayer time, and, and you could see the fingerprints, the indents of his moments with God, the consternation, the things that he was contending for were evident on his face for a few hours. I, I didn't know how to pray like that, though. I, I knew that that's what prayer looked like for him, but for me, I, I didn't quite know. And so I used the things that I was passionate about to inform me of how to communicate with God and allow him to communicate with me. 
And so when I first got saved, I started rapping before I became a pastor. And uh, I would go on tour at different youth groups, and I would use that as my number one tool because I didn't really know how to walk up to a bus stop and be like, hey, so uh, do you know Jesus? Right? Like, hey, what church do you go to? I didn't know how to do that. I was afraid of that. I'm an introvert. Um, and I also just didn't like people. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. I'm different now. I'm changing. It's the Lord. He's good. Um, I didn't know how to do that. So what I did was I just got on stages and I began to proclaim the things that I was gaining in understanding of who God was. You say, well, what, what does that sound like? Well, for me, it, it sounded like this. I, I wanted to share my heart to my friends that I was rapping with before I was saved. And so I wrote them a letter. But I didn't want to write them like a letter and then give it to them, like put it in their locker. Because that's kind of corny for me, right? Maybe for you, that's, that's how you got to do it. But I wrote them a song and it, it went like this. Words can't describe what I got to say. I get lost in my thoughts when I start to pray. And ain't nobody ever got me to talk this way or walk this way, but you keep me ticking like a clock display. I lose myself in the moment. You know I want it. Vision so vivid, not even high def could hop on it. Lord, I wish I could pawn it, not for me, but for all to see how you dropped a dime on it. A glimpse of the feast gets me weak in the knees. The one to come when we're done on this once upon a masterpiece. In my left hand, I got me a set of master keys, the Bible. In my right, I got the mic for revival. You better listen up, because what I'm spitting is real critical. Listen, look beyond the beats, the sample, plus the lyrical. Can you see it? Look a little farther. And seek out what I speak about when I'm with the Father. I began to use the inspiration of the Spirit put into a form of how I knew how to communicate. One, to communicate to God, to receive communication from Him, and then give that to those that didn't know Him yet. My number one tool for understanding God and evangelism was something I was passionate about. And then I became a Little League coach. In my whole childhood, I had traveled and played baseball and um, believed that that was a career for me. And God kind of stopped me in my tracks. And he's like, you can choose ministry or you can choose, you know, a pro career. And I can use both. But what do you decide today? And I just said, I, I don't want to wait. I have influence. I have opportunity. And so I'm going to use baseball as a way to communicate the analogies of God. The metaphors of scripture, I'm going to take what I am learning and put it into a form and use that as a way to disciple young men in sport about who God is. Now, they never came to my church, and so I had two congregations. I had my, my congregation that I worked with on Sundays and Wednesday nights, and then the ones I had practice with and games with and tournaments with. And I used the things I was passionate about to communicate who God was. And what he wanted for me. I also love maps. Anybody love maps? Anyone? Yeah, right? I, I love world maps. I don't know what it is about it. I haven't been around the world enough to actually like it. But uh, what I do know is I was grounded a lot when I was a kid. I was very mischievous. I was named after Calvin and Hobbes. And if you've ever read that comic, that's, that's what I was. So between looking at, you remember those pictures that you have to cross your eyes and an image would pop out at you? Right? Or where's Waldo? Or just looking at I Spy books by myself in the basement. Um, or just looking at my National Geographic map books. I was actually well-versed in butterflies as a child. I knew all of them. I know none of them now. I get this passion for maps. There was something about it. And then uh, instead of doing homework in high school, I played The Sims and SimCity. And I, like, built things. And I loved the organization of it. And then I went off to college in my first round because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I went into architectural technology because I liked 
the process of seeing things come alive on blank pages. And uh, God began to speak to me in many different ways through my studies of just how orderly he is and how creative he can be. And so I have an affinity for maps. And I love maps so much so that one of my favorite things to do (laughs) is to go to the mall. And the first thing that I do when I go to the mall, you're like, what does that have to do with anything? The The first thing that I do when I go to the mall is I look at the map. Mostly because I always get lost. I do. I don't know about you, but I have to park at the same exit entrance every single time, uh, right by the Boston Pizza at Market Mall, so that I don't lose my car or walk around the mall five times. The reason why I do that, though, is because I'm there for a purpose. I happen to be in that space for a very specific reason, and there are so many options, and there are so many things that I could do there, buy there, purchase there, people I could meet, but if I don't have an idea of where to go, I'll end up everywhere. And maybe I only have 30 minutes, and I need to get there and back, and some of you noticed that last week I had a white beard, and you're like, wow, I thought you were your dad, and you looked exactly like him, that's amazing. And then afterwards, you came up to me, and you're like, I'm so sorry, Pastor. I didn't know. And so the other day, I was at the mall, and I had to figure out where to buy purple shampoo because, you know, I don't really ever need to know where to find that. And where, where do I find blue hair dye? I, I'm not quite sure. And so what, what, what I had to do, I was with a couple friends. We had to walk in from wherever we got, and we had to identify, number one, you are here. How many of you do that when you go to the mall? Am I the only person who does that? You guys just walk around aimlessly and you're like, oh, wow, skirts again, right? <laughs> so I go there and you pull up the directory and, and you're like, I'm looking for shoes and specifically sport shoes today. Or I, I need my computer fixed or I'm looking for a new pair of headphones or I, I just really want bad tacos at taco time, right? And I need to know how to get where I want to go. I have an idea of where I am. I have an idea of where I want to go, but I have to make sure so that I don't waste time here. I believe life is like that. Life is like walking through a mall. It's not. But I believe that we find ourselves right where we are, and who we are, we know we are not going to be yet, but we are looking for a God. We are looking for instruction. We are on a path towards somewhere, and sometimes Just knowing where to go isn't enough. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm talking about? So David uses his passion to inform him of, again, knowing who he is and where he wants to go. I have uh, three things that I kind of want to share with you, I believe, that are going to be helpful, instrumental in, in, in your tool belt of how to navigate life from where you are to where you are headed today. And Because we're a Pentecostal church, and I wanted to be a little old school because I was at Pentecostal camp all week, I got three Ps for you. And it's out of prayer. I believe that how we pray matters. For David, he could have prayed in any way. And I believe that we need to unbox our ideas of what prayer needs to look like. And yes, there is a season where we do the things that we see because that's, that informs us of what prayer looks like. But we have to identify for ourselves, who am I? What do I carry? And how does that inform me of who God is? And how can I use this thing to help me understand God in a better way? So, so, so important. The first thing that is important about how we pray is always, always, always our posture. 
Like, how do we approach God in prayer? How do you approach God in prayer? For, for me, oftentimes, it's always on the fly. Nick, I don't know about you, but I, I'm frustrated by something, or I'm, I'm anxious about something, or I'm really hopeful for something. And, and what I do is I just begin to go, and I need it, and I need it now. Please, Lord. How many of you are with me, right? You just like throw it out there to the universe. I just believe that today's my day, right? Or because, God, of who I am and what I am doing for you, you ought to give me the spouse that I'm looking for. You know I can't do it alone, Lord. You guys missed it, but I was talking about me. It wasn't, like, hypothetical. <laughs> and we, we approach God in a very, like, braggadocious and boisterous way, assuming that our cry to him is, I mean, worth listening to always. We forget that all we brought to the cross in the trade that he made with us was sin. That there was nothing we could add to our experience. Like everything from the cross forward is grace on our lives. Like who I am is a product only of his love. There's nothing that I deserve. But what I do, allow, do love is that he invites us to come. That he allows us to even engage him in asking for more than that. And yet he does invite us to ask for more. But our posture, how we stand, how we approach it matters. We see that humility is so, so, so important. Verse 4, he writes it out. It's, it's more than just a mental thought. Like, this is cemented in history. You and I are able to observe this thousands of years later. It wasn't just a nice thought. How he prayed mattered so much that it shapes how we pray. And how you pray matters because it's going to shape how your kids pray. It's going to shape how your coworkers pray. It's going to shape how your grandkids pray. And generations later are going to be informed of how you engage with God today. Show me your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. What he doesn't say is, I want to get there. What he is confident in is that, God, I am not yet where I am going. You have a better way. So teach me your way. Because your way. Right? The Bible tells us in John, Jesus, in the greatest sermon I believe ever preached, communicates about who the Holy Spirit is and how he's going to function. And he says, he's going to be your guide. Don't worry about where you're going in life. If you walk in step with him, if you are engaged in conversation with him, he's going to navigate for you. How many of you are thankful for GPS? What does a GPS do for us? It helps us get to where we are going in the quickest way possible. It helps us navigate roadblocks. How many of you have ever been driving to a place that you are familiar with? You know how to get there, like the back of your hand. You may not even know the street names, but you just know how to do it. And you get to the place that you believe you need to go through, and there's a massive roadblock. You can't go through it. How many of you have had that before? You ever had that moment, though, where there are no detour signs up yet? Right? Like it's still too early in the morning. They forgot to put them out like for some reason. And you're like, where do I go from here now? It's somewhere that I'm familiar with. I know exactly what I want. I, I want ice cream on, on, at that ice cream shop. I'm trying to get to Made by Marcus. But the way that I know how to get there seems to be blocked. And now I am confused. I can figure it out. But the quickest way possible, my preferred route, is no longer available. I believe that we come to those moments every single day of our lives, and the Holy Spirit is just begging for us. He's right here with me, right where I am, saying, let me help you navigate this. Identify where you are on the map. I know you want that job, and, and what I need you to do is to lean into me. 
And perhaps if you hear me out, you'll know where to apply and how to go about it. Like, well, is God really that specific and granular about my employment? Yeah, I believe the Bible tells me that he gives me the ability and the means to provide. And so there are doors that are closed that I don't believe he has shut. But I believe as we walk with him, he keeps us from some of those things and he opens up some of those things as we walk with him. He is our guide. And so David, he says, I know that I have somewhere to be, but I don't know how to get there the best way. Jesus, will you show me? Lord, will you show me? Holy Spirit, can you show me? The second thing is this, after humility is our profession. And not profession in like I am an accountant and I love numbers, right? If you are, please help me. I'm, I don't really like numbers other than, you know, how old I am. Good, I love living. Profession. Based off of who David knew God to be, not who he thought God to be, but who he knew God to be. Whether that was his own experience or whether that was from scripture given to him to encourage him and lead him, he begins to profess that he is the Savior. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. If our prayers begin to look a little more like this, I believe we would begin to see a little more power in the way that we step. God, because you are God, because you are the one who rescues me, I'm putting my confidence in that. Because I couldn't save myself, I couldn't heal myself, I couldn't encourage myself. Because of who you are to me, I will rest in this that you know better than I do. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. God, I need you to give me this this way. No, he doesn't do that. He says, God, based off of who you are, I trust you to lead me as you see fit. So humility gets us to the place where we can actually declare that God is who he is. Because if we don't have humility, what we end up doing is we have a transactional relationship with God that never goes our way because we become God. We say, my ideas are far greater than your ideas. God, the way that I think today is supposed to go is better than your plan. And not only do I not want to go your way, I have no desire to hear it. I'm not going to seek you. How we pray matters. It's so, so, so important. The fourth thing or third thing is this, petition. We see in verse 6, he says, remember. How many of you have the boldness to tell God what he should do? David does. Why does David have this Resolve, though, because he is confident. is more than him telling God of who God is supposed to be, more than he's telling himself of who God is and will be. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember, not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. What I love is that we can read this backwards. And you say, Lord, you are good. And because you are good, according to that love, when you think about my rebellious ways from my childhood, please remember me. Lord, because you are good, remember me. When we put it on God and in our spaces, cultivate room for God to speak in the things that we are passionate about. 
in the employment that we have and the sports teams that we participate in and in the way that we see the world, if you were a coder, I believe that in, there's an incredible opportunity for you to take a look at, one, how you have learned this skill, two, what this skill has informed you about life and how you see the world, and three, the way that it produces that God could show you who he is through that. That he's not that distant, that he's not that different, that you are not so far outcasted in your experience of life that God can't use the things that you're passionate about to inform you. But I encourage you today, have a petition. Get to know God specifically. You know, Pastor Jess said that we are all creative. I believe it. The Bible says in the beginning, God said, let there be light and there was. What I love about that, work from that backwards. Let there be light and there was. How do you speak something that doesn't exist into existence? Well, you have to create a language for it. And how do you have a language? Well, you have to have words, sentences, sentences, phrases, paragraphs. And how do you come up with sentences, paragraphs, words, and sayings? You, you actually have a, to have an alphabet. And I believe that when we see let there be light and there was, that God was already creating so far in advance that creation had to understand that there was a form of communication that God had to speak through in order for that to happen. Like, he wasn't just born with a language. You are not just born with a language. You are informed of language. You learn your ABCs and 123s and any other uh, language that you may carry in this life. There is a, a pattern and a process of getting to where you need to get to. But my question is, do you know how you got there or do you just profess it? Does that make sense? So God ha wants to speak something. And so he cares so specifically about you and the creative dynamic that he wants to spark through you in everything that you carry, that he had to create a language, and more than that, he had to create an alphabet to make sense of that for you. It seems lofty, but he's actually intentionally engaged in every facet of your life, and I believe that today, if you could get a hold of creating space and looking at him through the way that you know how to look at the world, that he wants to speak to you in a specific way. And if you show up with a posture of humility, and you begin to engage him in a way that you understand him, I believe that in understanding him, it will give you confidence to speak to him, and he can make sense of your life. Abel, I'm just going to ask you to, to come up. It's a few minutes early. I don't want to take too long to wrap up today. But can I ask you a question? Do you know where you would like to be? Like in life, in who you are, and who you're becoming, do you have any idea of who you'd like to be. I believe that the Holy Spirit today wants to make a trade. The youth hear me say this often. But I believe that today there's an opportunity for you to actually engage God in a specific way. Not just in him getting you to where he might want to get you. I think we often just kind of throw it up in the air and how it lands. We're like, that's God's will. But I believe there are some things that you're passionate about that he wants to use to inform you of who he is and that he wants to take you from here to there. I believe in the habit of prayer that God could unlock things that you would have never dreamt of for yourself. He might ask you to lay some of those things down. He may ask you to recalibrate along the way. But I believe that he is good and that he is kind. And we can see and be encouraged in this psalm that David agreed. He understood that I'm not who I'm yet going to be, but in who I am today, God, you can speak to it. 
for me, I, I had no like very special coming to Jesus moment. Well, it was very special, but like it wasn't very glamorous. I came to the point where I was so informed of who God was for the people around me that I couldn't not give him a try. But there was no altar call, there was no band, there was no pastor. Just based off of the things that I saw him doing in the audience of my life, I found myself holding on to my bed frame in the basement of my parents' house as a 17-year-old kid. And my declaration was this, that, Lord, I, uh, I don't even know why I called you back. And I don't know if I can trust you. But I know that I'm unsatisfied. And here I am. I'm right here. I'd like to be there. I'd like to have this. I'd like to have that. But right here on this floor, I don't know if I can trust you, but I'm going to try. Effectively, what I was doing was I was walking through this mall that we call life and said, I have an idea of who I want to be, but I have no idea of how to get there. And so here I am. Would you speak to me? Because I can't do it on my own. And in that moment, I believe that I received the Holy Spirit, the infilling of God, that as I repented of my sin and said, I have thought I'm doing it the best way possible, but clearly it's not working. I choose to believe that you are who you claim to be, that you are Savior. I choose to make you my Lord. Would you, would you speak to me? There was no come and live in my heart. There were no fireworks. There was no one clapping. There was no baptism in that moment. It was just, God, like, I just want to talk. This sucks. Will you help me? And in that moment, man, I, I just, I believe that God invaded my room. Not that he wasn't there, but he made me so very aware of his presence. In that moment, he gave me dreams of who I would be. I didn't know I'd be on this stage, but I knew I'd be on one. I didn't know that I'd go to the places in the world that I went, but I, he gave me a glimpse and a taste. He began to take music and sports and say, hey, Calvin, you know how your coach did that? I'm kind of like that too. Or Calvin, as you stand in the outfield and, and you, you think about who's up to bat and how, who's pitching and how fast they're throwing and based on what you can see the bat catcher doing and that guy's going to throw a curveball and this guy normally hits it to right field, you, you got to shade a little bit left and you need to instruct those around you to, to navigate this very specific moment pitch by pitch. Take a few steps in, take a few steps back. That's how I function. I'm the center fielder of your life. I know what's coming. I know what's possible. And I'm going to move you and shape you the way that I see fit. Hey, Calvin, you know how you communicate in art and story? I, I also do that too. There are books of songs that I inspire. You should take a look at them and, and see how others have experienced me and believe that it's possible for you as well. What does your moment look like? What does your passion inform you of who God is and how you are supposed to image him? What, what, what does he want to do that you are familiar with in a new way so that when you're at work, not only is he speaking to you and that you're conscious of him, but you can actually use those things, those skills, those tools to inform you of how to reach the world around you. Like what would it look like, student, if in your engineering studies, you could communicate the truth of the gospel through engineering terms? Or accountant, how you could consider who God is and how he gives accounts for lives and, and, and how um, creative he can be in being completely honest and open book 
And how does that inform you of how others can experience him? I don't know what you're passionate about. I don't know where you find yourself. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit, if we allow him in prayer to be our God, will get us to where he wants us to be the quickest way possible. Some of you are saying, hey, like, what difference does this make? I want to encourage you. You are here. You're navigating life. And you are here. Maybe you've never heard these truths or you've never believed that God could speak to you, let alone wants to speak to you. I want to encourage you today. Make room. We want to pray with you. And the prayer team is going to come forward in a moment. You're saying, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what it looks like. We just want to pray with you that, that God would give you words. That God would give you a scope to look through. And that perhaps this week, as you are doing your daily business, he, through it, will show you what it looks like. You're like, well, I'm on summer vacation. What does that mean? I don't know. I bet that there's something on Netflix that will teach you about who God is. And if you're not sure about that, we have a whole month plan to talk about how God communicates through story in modern times by people who never even thought that their movies could lead people to Jesus, but yet they do. He wants to use the things that you're familiar with. Will you let him? Say, hey, man, I've been trying. Pastor, I've been looking for a long time. I've tried a lot of different things. This is, this is the thousandth chance that I've given God to do something in my life on a Sunday morning. And this is my last chance. Hey, guess what? We're all just walking this race. It's a funny thing to say we're walking a race, but we are. We're pacing. We're, we're trying to figure it out as we go. And the truth is sometimes we get distracted. And so we, we identify, hey, I'm here and I want to get to here because the gap is the best ever. And it's really good looking clothes, but for a good price. And the guide tells us, okay, go this way. That's going to be your quickest route possible. But along the way, you get distracted. And you say, I know this is what I want. I know that this is what I'm looking for. But wow, our dens is pretty cool. And we stop here. And then how many of you have had this happen where you walk out of the store and you forget what way you came in? And you're supposed to go right, but you go left. And all of a sudden you're back by kernels and you're like, oh my gosh, that's not where I'm going. I'm closer to where I started than where I need to go now. So what do you do? You find the next you are here sign. You find the map. You go to what you're familiar with. And, and it happens to be right here. And then all of a sudden this isn't there. There's a big circle that says, you are here. You're like, yeah, you know, I actually don't want to go to the Gap anymore. I, I need to pick up some Nikes. And so what it says is, okay, what I need you to do is go over here. And then you finish. And then you're like, okay, where, where, where do I go? And, and what I want to let you know is that there's this grace on your life to just navigate wherever you happen to be. And you say, no, no, I actually want to get a book from chapters for my friend. And then what it says is, you are here. And you need to get here. And it shows you the quickest route possible. And, and, and I just believe, and I propose today this, regardless of where you are, he's going to get you where you ask him to get you. And I'm going to pray for you that you have faith to trust him, that your ears would be sensitive enough this week to, to hear him. But more specifically, the things that are already in you, that they would lead you and guide you to a place of incredible satisfaction, with every head bowed and eyes closed today, I just want to ask, perhaps that's you. You're walking through life and you're trying this and you're trying that and you've gotten distracted from some of your goals and 
Maybe at one point you said, God, I trust you and I'll give you a try. And you felt like you failed along the way. Can I just remind you that he's good? You don't need to be where you think you should be. You're right here. And so is he. He's inviting you to stop and recalibrate. He's inviting you to ask the Holy Spirit. I know that I'm not who I'm yet to become, but will you help me get there? And I believe that God wants to help you, not to avoid heartache and pain, but to, to get you to where you need to go with the promise that he will be beside you. If that's you today, and you just say, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm navigating life like that. I don't really know where I'm at or where I'm going, but I, I think today I want to just pause and perhaps allow God to speak to me again, maybe in a new way. Just, just put your hand up. This is a, like right here in the presence of God where there's no shame. There's absolute freedom. He just says, hey, call on me. Be humble. Know that you can't do it. Admit your dissatisfaction with your experience. And would you trust me to get you where you need to go? Father, I pray for these hands that are raised. I love you. And I love that you are kind. You are so good. The Bible says that your goodness leads us to repentance. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us today identify your goodness, that we would experience it in a very tangible way, that it would help us rethink of how you look at us. Holy Spirit, I pray, as promised, that you'd be their guide. You'd be their teacher. You'd be their ever-present help. That you'd be their comforter. That every good thing that you have for them, that it's available to them. That, that if they were to believe and ask in faith, that you would be able to do that for them. That you are faithful to good, complete the good work that you've started in them, that you're so good and so kind that you've set them up in advance for good works. But more than that, Lord, I pray that you would just make yourself known, that they could boldly declare for generations through however they choose that you are merciful and that you are God. In Jesus' name. Prayer team, could you come forward? And um, if you're in the room and you just would like some encouragement, Perhaps you are struggling with employment. Perhaps you are in the midst of some turmoil in your relationships. Maybe it's you and your spouse. Maybe it's you and a child. Maybe it's you and a coworker. Maybe there's just somebody in your life that you need wisdom of heaven to navigate, to communicate God's love to them, to help them understand that they are there and so is he. I just want to invite you to come forward. Perhaps you feel like you haven't heard God ever or in a long time and you just you just want some encouragement you want a brother or a sister to, to partner with you the bible says that things are stirred up as we lay hands on one another and this prayer team has been prepped and they've been praying for you all morning all week they may not know you and they may not know what you're going through but i believe that as they partner with you the bible says where two or three are gathered there he is in the midst talking about jesus and number two that if two or three agree on it, something that lines up with his will he's willing to do it and i believe what he wants to do is to teach you how to hear him and hear him well. And so I just want to encourage you to come forward. Abel's going to lead us in a song. Church, could you just stand with me? And uh, perhaps you want to pray where you stand. We're not going to take a long time, maybe just a few minutes. Perhaps you want to sing. That's entirely cool. If you want to come up and be encouraged, please do that. And I encourage you, if you are a person who is filled with faith, who has a good grip on who you are and who you're becoming, and you have the confidence in history with God that he still speaks. What I would ask you to do is just extend your hand forward and pray for those that are here believing that God is wanting to speak to them in a fresh way today. Can we do that?
Thanks for listening to us today. For more information about who we are, head over to myjourney.church or look for us on your favorite social media outlet.